Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you very much. Thank you to Pastor Ross and Pastor Marilyn for the opportunity. Thank you to the young leaders for the opportunity. Can we just have a word of prayer, please? Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity to listen to your word. We ask, Spirit of God, that you put a fire in our heart tonight. You touch our hearts. You birth purpose in our hearts, oh God. You cause us to realize your call upon our lives and cause us to walk in the dimension that you called us to walk in, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We can have our seats, please. <laughs> please, can I have the slides up, please? So today I've been asked to action, serving the call in the walls and outside the walls of the church. Um, I'm a doctor and I work at a hospital. I'm a trainee psychiatrist, so I'm training to be a psychiatrist. It's a five years training program. So my scripture for tonight is um, from Acts chapter 13, verse 36. The Bible says, David served God's purpose in his own generation. Then he died and was buried with his ancestors. He experienced death decay. Now the end, David served God's purpose in his own generation. That tells me that there was a purpose for God for David in his own generation. Amen. Now, if God had a purpose for David in his own generation, he's got a purpose for me in my own generation. He's got a purpose for you in your own generation. Amen. If you believe that, why not slap somebody and tell them, God has got a purpose for you. That's right. Amen. So God has got a purpose for you. This scripture makes me, you know, whenever I read the scripture, it puts fire in me. I realize I'm not just here for nothing. I'm here for something, and I'm here for a purpose. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it said, God says, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and of evil, to give you an expected end. So it doesn't matter the situation you are in right now. It doesn't matter how your life is. God has a purpose for you. Amen. Now, how do you identify God's, identifying the call of God on your life? I've just tried to simplify this. God's purpose for you in your generation is in your call. Amen. Your call is closely related to your talent or talent. Your talent has been given to you by God in relation to your personal abilities. Amen. Does anybody here believe you've got abilities? If you believe you've got abilities, say, yes, I do. Amen. Now, it is amen because God is a smart investor. Amen. I want us to look at the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 to 30 from the Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. It says, For it is like he made a long journey, and he called his servants property. To one he gave five talents, probably about $5,000, to another two, to another one. Now, I want you to know that to each in proportion to his own personal ability. Because God knows each and every one of us. And when he's distributing his abilities or his talents, he knows our personal abilities. Then he departed and left the country. Verse 16. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he gained five talents more. Amen. He traded. What did he do? He put it to work. What did he do? He did business. He invested it. He used it. Amen. So whatever abilities and talent God has put in us, there is a reason for that. We've got to use it. Amen. 17. And likewise, he who had received the two talents 
He also gained two more talents. He didn't go to sleep. He put it to work. He invested it. Like we talked about, Amy talked about the, the plants, you know, planting the tree, watering it, and getting it to produce fruits. However, verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Amen. You know, it baffles me to think that this guy had one talent. He was probably thinking, my one talent doesn't mean anything. But don't forget, God gave them each in proportion to their own ability. He went and hid it to do anything. You, you might think, oh, I can do. Yes, you can. You can clean the chairs in church. Amen. You can drive the bus. You can bring people to church. That's a way of using your talent. You don't have to be the pastor, you know, standing on the pulpit with, a, with five talents and preaching every Sunday. But you can do something about it. This man went and hid his own talents. Amen. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of the house of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Now, God has given us talents. He's given us, you know, there is a time where God will have to settle with us, settle our account with us. He said, and he who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, you entrusted to me five talents. See, here I have gained five more talents. He had multiplied the talents. And some of those people got saved. Amen. You know, he had welcomed some people to church by smiling and their lives were changed. Amen. He had prayed for some people. And they got transformed. Amen. He had spoken to some people in the streets. You know, he had served for some reason. He had helped a disabled person. And things changed. He said, and he who had received the five talents came and brought him more and said, Master, you entrusted to me five talents. Here I have gained five more talents. Amen. His master said to him, well done. You upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. Who would like to hear God say that to them? I would like to hear that. That's what happens when we put our talents to work. He said, you have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness which your master enjoys. At the end of the day, I would like to hear that by Jesus said to me. Amen. And he who had the two talents came forward saying, master, you entrusted two talents to me. Here I have gained two more talents. Amen. That might have been the person praying. Amen. That might have been the person that gave to missions. Amen. And the missions work brought more souls to the Lord. He didn't say, oh, I don't have much to give for missions. They are giving today. Probably had $1 or he had $5 and he gave that. Amen. He didn't stop there. His master said to him, well done. You upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. The Bible says, he who had received one talent also came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a harsh and hard man. Amen. That's a very, very strong remark to give to your master. Reaping where you did not sow. You know, he started by being defensive. You are a hard master. You reap where you don't sow. And gathering where you had not winnowed the grain. So I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid if I, if I you know, utilize my talent in church, I would be thought maybe, ah, he's just trying to prove that he's got something nice to show. I was afraid that maybe if I got involved in activities in church, somebody would think I'm just trying to get myself, give myself some publicity. He was afraid that if I trust somebody, they may turn their backs on me. The Bible says, I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is your own. That was very sad. But his master answered him, you wicked and lazy and idle servant. Amen. I don't think anybody wants to hear that comment from the master. You wicked, 
Now, the thing is, he wasn't just lazy. The master called him wicked. And I tried to wonder, why did the Lord call him wicked? That was because there was probably a little girl that he could have saved if he had used his talents, but he did not. There was probably a soul that would have been saved if he had just shared a little message to that person. There's probably, you know, something that might have changed in somebody's life dramatically. But because he refused to use that talent, that person did not get that blessing. And as a result, the master called him wicked. You wicked and lazy and idle servant. Did you indeed know that I reap where I have not sowed and gathered grain where I have not winnowed? Then you should have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received what was my own with interest. The master wasn't so much interested in the Lord. He just wanted this man that had one talent to do something with the talent. To speak to a soul. To move the chair in church. To serve somebody in church. To do something in the community. There's a lot we can do in the community. There's a lot we can do in church. It doesn't matter how much abilities you think you've got. You can do something. Amen. So take the talents away from him and give it to the one that has the ten talents. It's amazing how God took away from the one that had little and gave to the one that had more. The Bible says in verse 29, For to everyone who has, will more be given. And he will be furnished richly, so that he would have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, will be taken away from him. That's so sad. If you want more anointing, you've got to do more for the Lord. Amen. If you want to see more in your, in, your, in your business, you've got to do more. You can't remain in the same place. If you want to have more responsibility, you have to be responsible with the little that's been given. So you've got to do something with what you have first before more can be given to you. That's how it goes in the kingdom of God. And he said, it's so sad. He said, and throw the good for nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and grinding of feet. Because... The master was concerned that he did not make an attempt. He did not make an effort. He didn't do something. He didn't say a word to somebody. He didn't say some kind words. He didn't do something so little in the community. There's a lot we can do. And the master expects us to utilize the seed and the fruit is given to us. Amen. So I'll just talk a little bit about my experience. I've been asked to share about my salvation experience. Uh, I got born again um, in grade, about grade, tw- grade 8. Uh, that was about 21 years ago. And then I got filled with the Holy Spirit three years after the different capacities as the president of the fellowship. And then my journey started after I got born again. And I began to read scriptures like this to see that God had a purpose for me. You know, God had a purpose for me. Each time I read those scriptures, it bettered in me the desire to follow God's word, to learn God's word. And as I began to study his word, he began to show me things about myself. Amen. And he began to lead me. And the same thing can happen for anybody. It doesn't matter the state where you are now. It doesn't matter what your life has been. It doesn't matter the mess you've been through. If you would take that first step of saying yes to Jesus, if you take that first step of opening your heart to him, he will begin to change your life. Amen. Born again, today is a good opportunity to have that experience. Because once you have that experience with Jesus, he will help you to know the talent you've got. Amen. So as part of the things I do, my career choice, I decided to study medicine. And um, so far, it's taken me 14 years of study. Because it takes a lot to bring out some of the talent that goes about the tree. It doesn't grow in a day. So the more you water it, the more you plant into it, the more you invest into it, it's going to tell you how much fruit you're going to have. And my inspiration came from the Lord Jesus himself. How he treated people, how he served, how he ministered to people. So it's been a long journey. So that was just maybe some years into the training. So the other thing I enjoy doing personally is missions. 
So back in Nigeria, where I'm from originally, we um, organize missions to rural communities, offer free medical care, give Bibles and things like that. So that was one of the ones I organized a couple of years ago. And for me, the joy of seeing people come to the Lord, the joy of seeing people accept Christ is not to be compared with anything. Amen. So I enjoy doing that. It doesn't have to be big. You can start from somewhere. So since coming to Australia, I've been involved. I've tried to be involved in church, in frontline team, in prayer team, just doing the best seven the Lord in my own capacity. And also in, in terms of my career, I've represented the Harvey Bay Hospital for two years at the junior medical officers where all the representatives of all the hospitals in Brisbane to discuss issues affecting junior doctors and we make recommendations to the board. So I've been do, I did that for two years and that was the, um, the last time I was, I was with them. And um, currently... I'm a registrar in psychiatry, in mental health. Now, one of the things I enjoy about my job is the fact that I see people that want to end their lives. They want to commit suicide. They've had very horrible experiences in life. And just being able to talk to them, and the next day, they've changed their mind about killing themselves. It's life-transforming because they've got to be alive to hear the gospel. They've got to be alive to hear the gospel. So if they ended their lives before they heard the gospel, that's so sad. So it gives me so much joy. I've had countless encounters and experience, experience with people where I'm calling to see them. I have a chat to them. You know, I try to know what's happening. You're just taking them through the journey. That's part of the things I do in the community. I have so many examples to give, but I'll just stop at that. For me, it's life transforming, being able to share with them and being able to they can have something to live for. Amen. They can have something to live for. They don't have to die. They don't have to in a miserable way. Somebody has got to share with him. And the other thing I do, just recently, I was um, in Sydney, that was last year, I presented to um, the conference of an international conference. For me, I know God has called us to, to do external limit myself in any way. Amen. And I want you to realize that God has called each and every one of us in different capacities to do things for him, and we should not limit ourselves. Amen. So I've tried to present my paper, and you know, currently working to publish that paper in a journal. Amen. So... Yeah, so the next slide. Um, that's my beautiful wife and myself. I enjoy spending time with my wife. Yeah. So finally, I'll just end with this scripture. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, don't you know that all the runners in the stadium run? But only one gets the prize. So run. So run to win. Amen. Everyone who competes practices self-discipline in everything. The runners do this to get a crown of leaves that shrivel up and die. But we do a crown that never dies. So now this is how I run. Amen. Tell somebody this is how I run. Not without a fight like a boxer in the ring. Not like someone who is shadow boxing. Rather, I'm landing punches on my own body and subduing it like a slave. I do this to be sure that I myself won't be disqualified after preaching to others. There's three points I want you to know there. Number one, purposeful living. Living with a purpose. Number two, self-discipline. No matter the abilities and talents the Lord has placed in our hearts, if we're not disciplined, if we don't discipline ourselves, we're not going to get the best from them. Amen. And finally, clear goal inside. Definiteness of purpose. He said, not without a clear goal inside. Everything we do has to be with a purpose. Amen. Can we just rise? I just want to say a word of prayer as I wrap up today. 
Father, I just ask you, God, I thank you for your word. Sabrado shalantoski brahaska lamanda gadoshi la prahaska talabandi. Siron toski brahasa kaparano shelemontu sapraliga lamonte. Labronsko talamandi shata subralinonski brahaska paramati. Thus said the Holy Ghost, if you would hang on to my word, great and mighty things I will show to you. Great and mighty things I will show to you. For I have called you, I've called you for greatness. I've called you to a life of purpose. You are born into this world. You have my DNA. And my DNA is the DNA of greatness. It doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter what you've been through. I've called you for a reason. You are here today because I have a purpose for you. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. For all he does is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that I may give you life and life in abundance. I have come that you will fulfill my call. I have come that you will fulfill my purpose. Don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to the discouragement. Don't let your past hold you back. Free yourself from the past. For if a tree be cut down at the scent of waters, it shall yet sprout again. So shall it be in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your mighty presence here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I see people receiving anointing here. I see people doing great things. I see the healing anointing getting into some people right now. Some people are receiving great anointing for healing. For healing right now. Some people are receiving for business. Yes, some people are excellent leaders in the community right now. Yes, there's people here. God is taking you through a journey. That journey is to bring you to an expected end. I can see two young ladies. You've had very horrible past. You've had abuses in the past. But the Lord is saying, I have called you. I have washed you. I have purified you. And I have called you by my name. And I have placed my seal upon you. Therefore, no man shall trouble you any further. Because you bear upon you the mark of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Well, that was just, that was sharing your heart and your journey and just the passion that Christ has put in you. Thank you so much. How awesome is that? It's so true. We're in so many different spheres of life. Hey, maybe you find yourself in education. Maybe you find yourself in in this, the, the realm of health or business. Maybe it's retail. Maybe it's church ministry life as well. Or perhaps it's family and how important is family? And God places us in spheres for particular reasons and for a purpose. And so the next speaker that's going to come up, she's incredible. She has so many gifts and talents on her life, and she is truly change the course of her life by just listening to the voice of welcome to Neil. Hi church, how are we? Wow, I don't know how to follow that. She's just like, <laughs> mic drop, we out. <laughs> oh, that's not what I was, yeah, okay. Um... Yeah, you can all take a seat. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, first of all, I just want to start, again, thanking Pastor Ross Mary Lynn for the opportunity to come up here. Um, our young adults are booming. So having this chance is really great. We're actually uh, coordinating this, everything for today. The joys of having leaders. Woo, take it. <laughs> um, Emmanuel, that was awesome. Honestly, I was talking to Stacey. I'm like, can I just leave and no one will know? <laughs> Um, it just goes to show, though, the call-up. God calls you no matter where you are in life or what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a doctor. I don't even have a degree. I got in trouble for going to TAFE because I was studying and not caring about my family. 
you know. Sorry. It just goes to show how different we all are. And it's so empowering and so amazing that no matter where we come from, God actually cares enough to have a purpose for us. This is not what I was planning. (laughs) All right. Now, I do want to start repeating kind of what Amy said about Empower Conference. So who knows what Empower Conference is actually all about? So um, I don't know if you've seen some of the branding. The actual logos we've got on here has got a five up in the corner. This is actually our fifth year of Empower Conference, which is pretty cool. So it started off with a prayer and a vision from Pastor Peter Ford, and it's been growing ever since. So he actually used to run everything pretty much by himself and probably with the church office five years ago. We're now at a stage where we've got the beautiful Amy Savasia, who's one of our young adult leaders, actually running it. We've got about 40 volunteers. Uh, we had an power retreat which some of us um, went to and some of you heard about a couple of weeks ago. And it's just so amazing to see that in five years, this grows so much. And if we do that in five years, I we can 10. You know what I mean? So the vision of conference, as Amy said, is wind and fire. And we think that the Holy Spirit, you know, is just going to smack us all down. <laughs> and that's what we want. You know what I mean? Like... He comes and he changes things and it's for the better. Now, Joe asked me to talk. Can we put the the call up back up? Thank you. Um, In regards to the call up and servitude. Now, I thought this was a fitting background. These are actually all of our young adult leaders. So you've got Peter, Emma and all the guys. And we did like a little photo shoot. I don't know if you saw the videos on Instagram. So we run Instagram. Um, And it was like a video just introducing (laughs) ourselves. And this is what we get. But see, the worst photo of everyone is the funniest of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's joy and it's happiness, and that's exactly what we want to show because that's who we are as young adults. Like, we're a name and a title, but we actually are people coming from different paths. So Joe was, like, courting tonight's event, and he's a podiatrist. Um, Aaron works with IT and kids. Zoe is studying, you know, and she works in a bakery. And, like, there's just so much that these people are willing to give up to actually help young adults. Like Joe and Amy said, we've got Joe's life group, we've got Amy Morrison's and Rachel Lowe's life group, we've got Aaron's group, even Troy Sullivan's running group. That's four groups, you know what I mean? Last year we started life group at nine people and one life group. This year we started the first life group at 27. Now we have four life groups because we just don't know what to put all the people. So having leaders like this stepping up helps grow the capacity because where I can maybe do a change to maybe 50 lives... You know, 50 times, but I'm sure you can work that out. (laughs) 600, apparently. So, (laughs) pulling up leaders, you know what I mean, and changing lives and actually having them give time each week to actually try and help people, you know, is actually changing everyone else's lives, which is awesome. Now, the call-up. God's cool in responding to it. Who here knows what God has called them for specifically? Honest, I like it. Who wants to be a part of that because they want someone to give them the answers? So, I'm thinking we're all being honest, I hope. God has prophecies over people's lives, but most people are looking for affirmation through people. But really, the Bible already tells us what we're here for. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. 
Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. So Jesus said that to, to the disciples to make more disciples. Our position as a Christian, once we receive God and learn, and serving is one of the best ways to do that because yep. Jesus served people. He even washed feet. Yeah. So with Jesus, he's an example that we want to be. He's the Christ that we want to be like. But the best thing about the passage is if you go 20 chapters earlier in Matthew 4.19, Jesus called out to them and said, Come and follow me and I will transform you into men who catch people for God. God started with a call and it ended up the disciples. And when he departed, he knew they were good enough and well enough in his word to be Christ-like, follow him and share that gospel. So the words on those two scriptures that stand out to me is transform, wherever, and faithfully. Transform means to change, to alter, to modify, metamorphosis and transformation. Transformation. Now, metamorphosis for one is the changing of one thing through many stages. So metamorphosis as an example is what we use often is a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's the same being, but it's changed from one thing to another. Same as being a child to an adult. You're still the same person, but you've changed from a child to an adult. Some people get stuck as a caterpillar. And that's not a good place to be. And sometimes it's not because they weren't called, because everyone has a calling on their life. But they don't call up. They don't act upon it. They don't make the move to do what they have to do. And there is a difference between the call out and the call up. I can call out many people in here. I can call out, hey, Rach, how you going? I can call out Amy, how you going? She made an action to the words that came out to actually make something happen. Stacey, come stand on the stage. Now, she doesn't know what she's here for, but she moved in faith. <laughs> she's literally responded to the call up, okay? Because I can call out anybody. I can call you by name, you know what I mean? But if you don't respond to the call up, then you're going to be stuck exactly where you were. Yeah. Thanks, Stacey. Yeah. Now, God always calls you, not always, even Jesus, Jesus said it, it's not my time. But you don't have to be ready. You just have to be able to be used by God. Because God calls the unprepared you, the broken you, the hurt you, the crying you, the lost, the seeking, the faulty, the pained and the saddened, the anxious and the lonely. No matter what you walk or where you're from, he is prepared to mold you into what you're called to be. No matter what walk you're from, he is prepared to use you. Now, John 2, 2 to 5 Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet, but with so many guests in attendance, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized it, she came to him and asked, they have no wine, can't you do something about it? Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling, unveiling my power has not yet come. <laughs> this is the best part. Mary then went to the service and told them, whatever Jesus tell you, make sure that you do it. And in the message version, John 2, 4, Jesus said, 
as a shortened version. Jesus said, is that any of our business, mother, yours or mine? That This isn't my time. <laughs> it just goes to show that Jesus, the son of God, even had to get pushed by his mother. And God puts people in place around you in your life that will give you the nudge that you need. And if you don't make the choice that isn't God's, falls entirely onto you. If you don't respond to the call, then you can't say, God's not using me. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's not doing this. You didn't step up to the call. You didn't respond to the call up. And that comes back down to you. Now, the next one is wherever. God can use you wherever if you open your heart to his call. What would have happened if Jesus kept waiting for his time? If he was at the wedding, they ran out of wine, and he decided to do nothing, what would happen? Nothing. If you don't respond to the call, nothing changes. And yet in the next one it says, John 2, 11 in the message version, this act in Cana of Galilee was the first sign Jesus gave, the first glimpse of his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Now I highlighted that one in mind because the end is pretty powerful. And his disciples believed in him. Now we all know that seeing without believing is the way it should be. But sometimes seeing is the way people can actually respond and relate. And if Jesus did nothing at the wedding, his disciples may not have believed him. But he acted and he made something change. He made something transform and people believe that. What God calls us to do in God's name, people will get set free. We're not Jesus. We can't do things and automatically believe, like, oh, look, Tenille's Jesus now. Woo. It comes down to we're doing stuff. We're serving, you know, we're providing good to people, you know, but we're doing it in Jesus' name. We serve because of Jesus. We serve because we have the opportunity. It's the confidence and trust in something or someone and fully is completely or entirely to the fullest extent. So when we faithfully trust God, we are completely or entirely to the fullest extent with confidence and trust in Jesus. Now, I think we've all had a part or a time in our life where God's told us to do something we didn't want to do. I remember distinctly before I knew Tori very well, um, God asked me to pray for her and I was like, no thanks. (laughs) Um, And God did it again. And the worst thing God does is a bit of a guilt trip. If you don't do it, I'll get someone else to do it. And if that doesn't make you move, I don't know what does. And the thing is, I did pray for her. And this was a couple of years ago now. And she was like, afterwards, thank you, I really needed that. What they need, but God does. And that's the whole reason why I have the call. And if you don't step out faithfully, you're missing out on the opportunity. Because it's not for our glory, but for his. Now, we don't know the whole direction of where we're going all the time. But honestly, if we did, and God told us, you're going to be here, we would find shortcuts. We're human, and that's what we do. We look for the quickest way to get what we want and how we want to get there. And just because our heart's aligned with God doesn't mean, you know, we're cheating him, being like, oh, I'll just find the quickest way there. I still love you, but I'll just find the quickest way there myself. Um, but sometimes the steps to get there give you life lessons. Now, hopefully, Pastor Ross, you don't mind me sharing this. Um, <laughs> that's okay it was just a conversation from this morning um, I actually had in my heart for the past week to use an example about a GPS and so Ross gave me a good one this morning which is helpful so as you'll know Pastor Ross and Marilyn went to Tasmania a couple of weeks ago and I used to live there for about six years 
Um, now, there's a town, Launceston and Scottsdale. They're about an hour apart. And there's a massive mountain in between. Now, we were having a joke because obviously I can relate and I know the roads and I've been on that many a time. And Pastor Ross said to me, it's horrible to drive. Maryland got car sick. It's the worst. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's, it's why no one drives it. <laughs> and I said, there's actually a back road. Like, if you look at the GPS, there's a back road. And he goes, oh, the GPS told me about that. Yes. And he can tell us the way to go. But if we think we found the quicker option, sometimes we take it and it ends up being worse than what God had planned for us. Now, the sad, funny, and gracious side of it is that God gives us the choice. He can see you at, you know, the fork, turning left or turning right. God says one. You think the other one's quicker. Which one are you going to have faith in more? This way. But God sometimes has us the more opportunity or the ways doors open or the way to get less car sick. <laughs> and sometimes it's just a matter of actually taking a moment and listening. Because sometimes, you know, we make decisions every day. It doesn't mean that we have to stop and, you know, Jesus, what will I have for breakfast? <laughs> but decisions that actually matter, that can change your life, you know, sometimes you actually need to step out and ask, be like, is this what I should be doing? And I was talking to Joe about this yesterday. He said, suggested I should mention it. Um, I worked at real estate for about five years. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> First day I got a induction, I suppose you call it, and a work trial to see if they could actually give me the job. And by 5 o'clock that day, they're like, yeah, yeah, you're hired. It's awesome. I went home and cried. I didn't want that job. It was a terrible job. But I took it because I needed to support my family at the time. And I was there for four and a half, oh, five, going five years. And I talked to a lot of people. I talked to doctors. I talked to other real estates. And I actually got offered a few jobs over the time. And... A decision like that, I would be like, yeah, I'll take it. I want out of this place. It's horrible. And I prayed about it, and Jesus said no. And he said no again. And he said no again. And I'm just like, do you want me to be miserable? <laughs> do you want me to be stuck here forever? Because, like, I don't have any qualifications. I don't have any extra skills. I'm just me trying to make the world a better place as much as I can. Um, and, you know, it's something in me to be like, well, instead of complaining about it, try and make it the best I can be. Try and talk to the people there, trying to get to know people, invite people to church, try and talk to them, you know. And it was a gateway to actually meet people out in the world that were either searching or just, you know, generally going through a tough time where I actually got offered a job here at Bayside. And it was only part-time, so I was going from a full-time security to a part-time. And I prayed because I was like, I don't know if I want to go to part-time. <laughs> can I afford to do that? And God said yes. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so graciously I took it and I was really thankful for the opportunity. And I think the thing with the job here and the placement is that I've been blessed with people to work with who are absolutely wonderful, who actually care about me as a person. And then it grew into a full-time job, which is wonderful as well, because I trusted God with that and he was able to expand it. But the thing with that is I had to go through that trial and not try and escape it because sometimes the trials actually make you stronger. And if we step out of the comfort zone, find it's too hard and then step back into it, we're going to be stuck in the same place like a caterpillar forever. Now, the call-up is a great name for tonight because I want to be called up. I just don't want to be called out. I mean, um, I want more of God. And if that means serving to share the gospel more 
going to do it. And like Emmanuel said, serving doesn't just mean on the worship team or with a microphone. Like there are people that serve behind the scenes. Again, we were working on a power yesterday and Joe was willing to sit with me and help me for like five hours yesterday in the church office. And I'm like, that's things that people don't see. And power conference is something that we're all passionate about, but we've been working on it since like December last year. And people just see a day and a half and go, oh, that was fun. We'll, We'll go there next year. And the thing with serving is that it actually increases capacity because it's no longer about us. When we know Jesus and we're Christ-like, it's not for us to keep it and hold it for ourselves anymore. It's not like a prize that we just, or a light under a lampshade and just, you know, that's our, our Jesus and our thing and we don't need to share that to anyone. Because once we're Christ-like, we know what's better. We know what's out there. We know the pain that's out there. And we know that so much more for these people. And like everyone that's not even a Christian has a call over their life. But they just don't know it yet. And so I think the verse in Matthew, it's our job to share that, to make disciples, to find them, to get God to heal them, to give them an opportunity to love and just be repaired in the heart. Because the heart can be the hardest thing to heal, but God's got this because he knows where they've been and where they're going. As a repeat of Emmanuel again, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. So will you follow God and will you say yes? Will you follow him wholeheartedly? Will you give up the things of the world for the things of God? Will you make sacrifices that don't seem good at the time for something that's going to be better in the long run? Because it's not just for you. Just because it's a blessing in your life, you know, you're creating opportunity for other people as well. Can we just stand and we'll pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, for the opportunity we have, Lord. Even just being in this building right now, Lord, we're so blessed to know you because there are people out there that don't. We just pray, Lord, for a passion for serving because there's so much pain and hurt out there that they just need to know you. We thank you, Lord, for a servant heart, Lord, that we don't just stand still, that we step out and we respond to the call up, not just the call out. We know, Lord, that you know us by name, but we pray, Lord, that you use us and grow us and give us the capacity, Lord, to stretch and jump over the hurdles in our life, Lord, because they're growing stepping stones, Lord, to a bigger plan that you have for us. In Jesus' name, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for the end destination, Lord, and the patience to get there because we know there's a journey along the way, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the grace of the decisions that we make that are wrong, Lord, because we know that you can see it, but you still give us the chance to choose. We just pray, Lord, for the servant heartedness, Lord, to be increased, not just in this building, Lord, but outside, Lord. We pray, Lord, that all these people, even if they just bring one person to the knowledge of God, that's one life changed more than what it is right now. We just thank you, Lord, for the people here, Lord, that they have the tongues with the right things to say, with the wisdom to say it, the heart to discern it. We just pray, Lord, for the tenderness and the love to portray it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. 
If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basarchristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basar Christian Church.